0: Welcome to Section 420, Talking Yankees, the podcast. Well, we have a little special episode for you in this audio podcast version of Section 420, Talking Yankees. And I've done this in the past with some uh, former Yankee players such as Dale Swain, Luis Polonia. So I figured, you know, this, this player's always been bouncing my hat a little bit from back in the day, and that's Ruben Sierra. I remember him when the Yankees first traded him from in 95. I uh, was with the Yankees a little bit in 96 before they traded him away from Cecil Field and kind of get it all into that and then came back again for another round of Yankee action uh, in the early 2000s. So kind of look back at his career. Again, It uh, yeah, wasn't here for a ton of time, but he had some impactful moments uh, definitely in the postseason as well. So kind of maybe rekindle those memories for you. So in this episode, we'll be looking at Ruben Sierra. So uh, before we get started, if you want to get cool episodes like this where we look at a little Yankee history, I'll tell you some Yankee stories and other stuff. And put, of course, the live action, the real Yankees, the 2024 Yankees who are right now in spring training. If you want to get all that stuff, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. And if you want to just take a quick moment. Uh, go over to, to YouTube, section 420 Talking Yankees. Also available there, section 420 Talking Yankees, and get the video version of the show as well. And just drop the latest episode. So uh, you want to catch up? Get some opposite, you know, some stuff. such as the spring training games as well as these uh, baseball uniforms, which you know, it's been getting a lot of noise there. So make sure you catch the latest episode there. So we'll look back at Ruben Sierra. Uh, didn't spend a ton of time in the Yankee uniform, but was a fan favorite when he came here. Obviously, you know, with the Yankee Stadium, the old school bleacher creatures and the Puerto Rican fan base out there. And, of course, Ruben Sierra, Puerto Rican. I mean, I just went hand in hand. So as soon as he came over here, they loved him right away. So we'll go look back at his career. Now, he was signed by the Texas Rangers originally back in 1982 at the age of 17 in Puerto Rico. Uh, would make his debut. Uh, in the Major League uniform at the age uh, 20, about three years later. So that would be June 1st, 1986. Uh, but he wouldn't come to the Yankees until 1995. Now, how that happened there is in uh, he had a very good season for himself in 94. But, of course, we all know that was the strike's shortened season. So I guess he became a, an appeasing player. And then, of course, when the strike was over, uh, the Yankees had Danny Tartable. And I've heard all kind of weird stories that he was just had a little bit falling out. There was some problems with him in the front office there. So they were looking to move him. Uh, so they ended up trading Danny Tartable to the Oakland A's. And that's ultimately how the Yankees ended up getting Ruben Sierra. So Ruben part of that 95 Yankee team, which would make their first uh postseason appearance for the first time uh in 14 years you know getting one of those wild card spots and of course you know unfortunately losing to seattle there but um for the yankees in fifty six games in ninety-five uh he would hit two sixty Hit seven home runs and contribute with 44 RBIs. And, again, he, again, as soon as he came to the Yankees, I remember they, just, they were doing the, oh, 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 ding, 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 oh, out there in the bleachers. So, I mean, he was a fan favorite right away. And if you remember, in that division series against Seattle at home, Game 2, he had two home runs. He had a home run also in Game 1, but it was in Game 2 where you're going to remember those iconic back-to-back home runs with both him first and then Don Manningly with that infamous call, you know, hold down the roof there. And, unfortunately, for Donnie Baseball, that was his only post postseason home run of his long career there again obviously cut short with the injuries and gone you know on a lot of Yankee teams that weren't that great uh, you know in the 80s and early 90s there, but getting that home run a chance but you know everyone just looks at the highlight of the of the Don Mattingly home run but what really made the, the, the fans crazy is that right before that uh, Ruben Sierra hit a home run so the fans were really up on their feet and then this get one right away back from Don Mattingly there uh, you know that was a great moment is but unfortunately uh, they blew that 2-0 series lead against Seattle uh, but of course Ruben Sierra uh, we're back with the Yankees again in 96. Now, unfortunately for him, he wasn't with the Yankees for the whole way. He wasn't, obviously, involved in the postseason World Series because midway through the year, uh, he was traded to the Tigers for Cecil Fielder. Now, at that point in the year, uh, he was hitting 258 with 11 home runs and 52 RBIs. And remember, that was a bit of a new-look Yankee team in 96. Obviously, Don Manley retired. You had Tino Martinez at first base, Marion Duncan at second base, Joe Girardi behind the plate. Again, with Joe Torre as the manager, you know, the team had a little bit of a National League look to them. There stealing bases, doing things a little differently. They were just missing a little bit. They just needed that little extra something. And, you know, not that Ruben Sierra was terrible, but, you know, bringing a talent like Cecil Fielder was one of the more, you know, obviously he's never going to have a high batting average, but he could just launch the ball like 450 feet. Uh, You have to make that deal. So to get talent, you have to give talent. Uh, So unfortunately, they traded him to Detroit to bring in Cecil Fielder in the middle of the end. And Cecil Fielder, really with him and kind of Strawberry as well, really those final pieces that the Yankees really need to make that big uh, push through the postseason and ultimately get to the World Series there. Now, for the rest of the year for the Yankees, Fielder came in for them. He already it was at 26 home runs. He would go to hit 13 more home runs in a, uh, in the pinstripes. And as for Ruben Sierra, it seems like, you know, he really didn't like the, the trade uh, you know, just if you wait, just look at his performance afterwards in Detroit, the 46 games he played for Detroit '96, just with one home run the rest, rest of the way, uh, 22 RBIs and hitting a measly 222 there. So it uh, seems like, you know, really got, took the wind out of sails. and I don't blame him just going from a Yankee team there that's, you know, with some postseason aspirations, and yet traded to a Detroit team that's going nowhere there, so I uh, feel bad for him, but if you want to look back at that, it was the right move to make at the time and to bring in the Cecil Fielder, and it's just the way that Tino Martinez, you know, did not have a good 96 postseason, kind of just really disappeared entirely, uh, it was really Cecil Fielder was very instrumental uh, against the Baltimore series there. I remember hitting a big home runoff against Mike Mussina, where Mike Mussina, for the only time I've seen him, ever shown any motion, emotion basically went into the dugout and just destroyed a chair there in the, in the dugout, down in the, in the hallway there, they caught it on camera there so Big shot down. Of course, Cecil Fielder very instrumental in the World Series against Atlanta. I remember when Joe Torre, after the first two games, of the Yankee offense was flat, basically benched O'Neill and Tino. O'Neill was more because he was dealing with a, a bad calf injury, so that you know give O'Neil a little break. But Tino was not hitting at all in the postseason, so he made the move to switch to strawberry and fielder, And then and the team won the next three games in Atlanta, and of course took Game Four at home in '96. And again, Cecil Fielder was a, a large part of that whole mix there. The Yankees coming back in that World Series. So much as you didn't like to see Sierra go. The Cecil Fielder move was all right. Now, unfortunately, Cecil Fielder, I don't know what happened to him. His baseball skills just fell off there. And by 97, he wasn't the same player anymore. And basically, the Yankees gave up on him. But that would not be the end of the story of Ruben Sierra, who bounced around a little bit after that. Now, he would rejoin Texas and kind of revitalized his career in 2001, became the comeback player of the year and had an impressive year there with a 291 batting average, 23 home runs, and 67 RBIs. Uh, But his Yankees days would not be numbered yet. Couple of years later, eventually, would be traded to the Yankees, would return back in 2003, uh, rejoin the Yankees in a trade from the Texas Rangers, and in 63 games, would hit. 273 with six home runs, and this is when the Yankees were almost looking for some pinch hit power, and he kind of obviously transitioned at this point from being mainly a DH to uh, a bench player for the Yankees, a pinch hitter, uh, maybe, you know, spot start once in a while there, so no longer really a starter there, but, you know, was a pinch hit extraordinaire, and Joe Torre uh, used him in that role, and actually, you know, he flourished quite well. Uh, again, with the Yankees again in 2004, after getting more playing time now, you remember the 2004 Yankees, obviously they already had Giambi, they brought in some big bats such as Alex Rodriguez and Gary Sheffield, and you figure, well, you know, is Ruben Sierra going to get any playing time? Well, I think to his benefit, Giambi, who would normally be the first baseman and maybe occasional uh, DH, had that weird, first of all, they, they said it was a stomach bug early in the year, and obviously, he, he, you know, he was out for most of the year, and then they found out it was a tumor mainly possibly caused by the PED use. So in a way, from him losing all that time, playing time, that actually benefited someone like Ruben Sierra, who probably got a lot of bats because of that. And, um, you know, he had himself a pretty good season there for the Yankees. Did it hit, you know, not a great batting average at .244, but uh, 17 uh, home runs and 65 RBIs. Again, that Yankee offense in 2004, you know, even without Giambi there most of the way, was a monster. They hit like a total of 240 home runs and Ruben Sierra got 17 of those. Just imagine if he had a full, healthy Giambi as well. Probably talking about a different story, and they probably win the 2004 World Series, but, you know, I'll get off that one, Uh, nevertheless. And, of course, getting to that 2004 postseason run, probably other than the back-to-back home runs with Don Madeline, but probably overall Ruben Sierra's biggest home run, though, uh, was in game four in the divisional series against Minnesota. Uh, now, the Yankees were already up two games to one in the series. So, even if they lost this game and brought it to a game five, it wouldn't have been the end of the world. But you don't want to be in a game five do or die situation. So, for the Yankees uh, to beat Minnesota and close it out in four games, that's what you want. But the Yankees were in trouble in this one. They were actually losing five to two in this game. Ruben Sierra comes up, two men on, uh, facing Juan Racone, and hits a big clutch, probably one of the biggest clutch postseason home runs that really. Most people don't even remember, uh, but a clutch three-run home run to tie the game at, at 5-5, and the Yankees would ev- eventually go on to take the lead in this game and take game four and close out the series and uh, get big, huge home run from Ruben Sierra there. Uh, so that was probably his marquee moment as a New York Yankee. Uh, again, unfortunately, he wasn't there for the '96 season, at least the postseason, but uh, that was just good enough. But unfortunately, because we all know what happened against Boston, the Yankees there went up 3-0 and then lost the next four, and it was actually, ironically, Ruben Sierra who made the final out of that championship series against Boston. Of course, Game 7, them celebrating on the home turf at Yankee Stadium there. Now, he was with the Yankees in 2005, but it was an injury-plagued season for him. Uh, only ended up playing 61 games, uh, hit him easily, 229, had four home runs and 29 RBIs, and they just eventually released him just with the injuries and obviously the poor play. And um, So he was done with his tenure at the Yankee, but not officially uh, done with his baseball career. Uh, next year, 2006, signed a minor league deal with the uh, Minnesota Twins, Uh, But at age 40 on July uh, 10th, again, just from poor play and and injuries and not performing well, ended up just getting cut by the organization on July 10th. Now, in 2006, he did have an opportunity one more time to make the postseason. That would be with the New York Mets. And that that was the Mets team with El Duque and Pedro Martinez. And they um, made the... uh, National League Championship, of course, remember that Game 7 against the Cardinals there, the heartbreaking for Mets fans. Uh, Ruben Sierra possibly had an opportunity to join that team, uh, but he declined an invite. Basically what happened at the same time, his mother was sick in Puerto Rico, so he just wanted to go care for her, so he opted not to join the Mets in 2006 there and be part of that possibly postseason run if he was able to make the team. Uh, And that probably was that. Now, the Mets did give him another shot in 2007. Uh, They offered him an invite to camp, but then they were going to reassign him and he felt like as a veteran player at age 40 you just don't want to put up with that anymore so uh, at that point he then he officially retired so technically kind of technically uh, the Mets um, I guess they invited him but they they say on paper Minnesota was his last team but technically you almost could say uh, the Mets were his final baseball team so but overall very impressive career to stay in baseball that long and again kind of reinvented himself a couple of times and you know put towards the end of the day it was kind of a pinch hitter extraordinaire for the New York Yankees uh, four-time all-star. Again, played 20 seasons. uh, So that's pretty impressive there. Um, Won a Silver Suggler Award in 1989. People probably look him over a little bit just because he was with nine different teams over the 20 years. And I kind of said this with, you know, players that are up for the Hall of Fame, not that Ruben Sierra is a Hall of Fame player, but some like Gary Sheffield. When you kind of bounce around like nine or 10 different teams like that, it's just, I think, I think baseball writers and people in general just have a bad perception of you. they just kind of like that one guy in the one uniform the whole way, or at least maybe two uniforms at most. You know, take someone like Frank Robinson, the Hall of Famer, played most of his career with the Reds, but then uh, played like the second half of the Baltimore Orioles. So, you know, okay, just two jerseys. I think when they, for some reason, people just have a bias to favor those type of players versus someone who's bounced around all over the place. Uh, So, unfortunately, that's probably why why a lot of people overlook Ruben Sierra. But, you know, late 80s and throughout the 90s and early 2000s. I mean, taking took like a long span there. You know, one of the more fear hitters of the league. I don't say he was a great player, but definitely uh, one of the more fear sluggers and, of course, a beloved Yankees. Yankees fan loved him. Even when he was at his best, I don't think I ever heard him get booed at all. Uh, but plus, he's not really a player, depending on that, so you're not really going to boo him. But nevertheless, uh, that's that with him. Now, you might ask yourself, well, he was with that 96 championship Yankee team, even though he wasn't there at the end. Does he get a ring? Well, in most cases, you do, yes. Even if you get due traded away, uh, the team does present you with The ring, if you were just part of that team at some point. So, yes, he did get a ring, but supposedly, uh, I guess he doesn't really care about it or needs the money. So, this ring's actually bounced around a little bit Uh, more recently. It was sold at an auction at scpauctions.com. There, now the minimum bid for it was $7,500. There were 12 total bids, and it looks like the final price of this ring, uh, the new owner, whoever won the auction. It was listed at $25,686. So, uh, I guess, you know, I don't know whether he sold it or sold it through someone else, but obviously he d- decided to part ways with this ring at some point. So, the new owner of it right now uh, is the owner of about $25,000. Now, this ring previously was on sale two years ago at a different auction uh, in 2022. And in that auction, actually sold for 10000 less. Final bid was $15,568. And So uh, whoever sold this ring more recently or auctioned it off more recently, I guess it looks like they got a $10,000 profit on there. So it looks like that's a pretty good uh, little profit in the net. So um, I guess maybe it'll go on auction again a couple of years from now. Again, it is a 96 Yankee Championship ring, even though from a player that wasn't part of it. But at some point, I guess Sierra departed from it and wanted to sell it off for just financial reasons or just didn't care or whatever, nevertheless. But uh, the ring, yes, Ruben Serra was issued a 96 championship ring and someone had just bought it for $25,000. So if you were curious about that, there you go. So that's the episode. That's Ruben Sierra. Uh, maybe to jog some memories for you. For me, it does, because, you know, when I was really starting to get into baseball, like, you know, 12, 13 years old, and then the Yankees started getting good there, uh, you know, after you know, 94, 95, and of course we all know what happened in 96 afterwards. You know, he was kind of around, you know, he kind of got a little bit of bad luck there. He was sort of at the bookends of it. He was at the beginnings of, you would say, the dynasty, and then you know, kind of came back again when the dynasty was just about crumbling or on its way out there. So, unfortunately, he missed a lot of the good years, the, the juicy years in the middle there, but was part of some good Yankee moments, so you always do have fond memories of Ruben Sierra. So catch you next time.